Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? Yeah. Um, Thursday night football. Okay. So today's Thursday. It is. Yep. You'll probably get this released tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. yep. So it'll be released on a Friday. So yep. by the time people are listening, we are going to know the winner of the Oviedo Haggerty football game. Oh, is that the? Oh, is that? Yeah, it's a whole. It's, I thought you yeah. meant like NFL Thursday night football. I, NFL Thursday night football are typically garbage games. Typically, but the NFL's been. It's doing like a job. Jags versus Titans. Mm. Who wants to watch that game? I'm a Jags fan, mm-hmm. and I still don't want to watch Jags versus Titans mm-hmm. unless it's like that once a decade opportunity where both teams are good mm-hmm. and both teams are vying for 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 the AFC South. Right title yeah i it, went to the Oviedo high school football game last week last friday I oh went. you did make yeah, it legit, okay they I won went. yeah yeah they were missing five starters i i walked in and it was like the third quarter and like you know the meter made that's the ticket the ticket hey do you have tickets and i was like come on i was looking i was like you're really gonna charge me there's like two minutes left in the third but we paid you know whatever you paid your seven dollars yeah sixteen dollars yes. and it took me right back i felt like i was on a cw vampire show with you know just oh it's a friday night football game friday night lights it was great yeah so brantley gilbert who's a country radio music artist mm-hmm. uh, he's also a singer songwriter but uh he has a song called um it's a small town showdown mm-hmm. i believe that's what it is anyhow that's what it is yeah, yeah it's haggerty and Oviedo are the two major high schools in Oviedo, Florida. Oviedo is a suburb of Orlando, yeah. right? It is northeast of downtown Orlando, close to the University of Central Florida. Yeah, yeah it's it's suburban America is yeah. what it is, right? But that's where I live. That's where my kids go to that school system. So it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, right. I'm excited. So, I'm actually gonna leave a little bit early so I can go to the gym first, okay. get home, change my clothes, and then I need to get to the game a little bit earlier than you did in order to make sure I get a decent seat. Where's the uh, Where's the game at? Is it's at, at well, I'm gonna say it's at home because I'm an Oviedo it's guy. It's in Oviedo. It well, under I mean, both I, schools are in Oviedo, right? Like, but uh, it's at Oviedo High School. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Back to back home games under the lights. Yeah, well, it's always under the lights in uh, Central Florida. I'm sorry. Yeah, very few schools don't have lights in Central Florida. Oh, because they can't play during the sun. They can't play during Saturday during the day because it's so hot. Because it's so hot, and also that's when the pop winner teams play. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and we do have Thursday night football. But the reason why they're playing Thursday night and Friday night, do you know why? Tomorrow's a teacher work day. A what? Teacher work day. I don't know. It's a day that teachers have to work and students don't have to it's come like in. It's a snow day for Floridians. I guess so, yes. Yep. Better catch up on them grades, teachers. Start grading them papers. I, I Honestly, I do believe that's what it is. It's the end of the first nine weeks. Just make it easy and hand out B's and C's. That's why everybody, you know, doesn't matter. John, you would have so appreciated it. They just handed you in a B, a B or a C to show up. I had to earn Imagine that. all the stress your parents wouldn't have had a had have gone through. Imagine all the lectures you could have prevented. Listen, I was You'd have never had to go into prep school. I was smart with the When those progress reports came home, I just said, hey, Ma, just sign this paper. What is it? Don't look. Just sign it. Yeah, you know, nowadays, it's kids don't kids do not get off that you, easy. Oh, it's, it's digital. They send it right to the every room. day. That's, Can you imagine your mom no, and dad every day? John, you got a 52 on that physics exam. What happened? That's exactly why kids are the way they are now is because they're constantly under a microscope. Got big brother, mom and dad looking after them. Yeah, many kids like my, my, my oldest, many kids have this thing called Life 360 on their phone. Jesus Christ. So it's great that you had this phone, right? Yeah. But then you leave. And mom and dad know exactly where you went, how fast you drove. That's scary. Yes. I mean, it's scary, but it's also good. Nope. 
I wouldn't have made it this far. Had my parents had that, I call, it's an ankle monitor that's called. That's yes, called, it's actually called? better than an ankle monitor because I don't think an ankle monitor <laughs> actually tells the police how fast I was driving when I was going somewhere. Okay. Yeah, so like as a kid, your parents are jumping into the grade book every single day. Some days, true story, because I live with two teenagers and my wife is a phenomenal mom mm-hmm. and very involved in our, in our kids' lives. And if you ask our kids, they'll probably say too involved because my son will get home occasionally and get berated for all the wrong reasons. Basically, his teacher put in the wrong grade. Oh, this no. has happened. The wrong grade or just didn't put in the grade. So it shows as a zero. And he is getting a tongue lashing. Like, Mom, I was in class. I yeah. So it. teachers out there, anyone who's like, you know, dating a teacher, married to a teacher, you have a family member who's a teacher, you hang out with teachers on, on the but side, share this clip with them. Yeah, make sure. Because they, they, they very well are leading to kids getting punished, beaten, um, uh, grounded, all because they they fat fingered something into the grade book. The, they typed a seven instead of a nine. Put in the wrong Excel. Grade. Yeah, they put in a five to, instead of an eight. Oh my bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my bad. They forgot to put in a grade. So now now my wife watched my son's chemistry grade go from like an eighty eight point nine all the way down to a seventy two. And she's like, you were this close to an A. Now you're almost getting a, a D. And Give me that computer. Out. Give me the keys. You're grounded. Give like, me your, oh, for, for him, it's give me your headset. Give me your keyboard. Technology. Yes. There goes Call of Duty. You know what? Back in my day when I, I didn't have all these games of technology, we would go fishing. Would you fish? fish I fished a lot as a, as a kid. Did you? Like that was like a fun thing to do. We'd go to the local golf yeah. course. We'd go and either that's how I learned how to throw a cast net. Mm-hmm. Was I threw a cast net to get some shiners. We'd go buy shiners. And golf courses always had the biggest and the best bass yeah. because when the golf course was built, they would stockpile mm-hmm. the ponds with bass to keep the ponds clean. Mm-hmm. And then because it was a golf course, usually a private golf course, they weren't fished on the regular. Yeah. So we would always find that one or, or two holes on usually attached to a home that one of our buddies either mm-hmm. lived close to or they lived there. Mm-hmm. And we'd set up and we would just fish for hours on end. I have some one of the best like memories with guys like Jason Ware and Danny Bogiagis and Kevin Noss. Like we would do that uh, to pass time. But we always fish for bass. Okay. We never fish for catfish. Really? No. Look, catfish to me, I like to. I've been to a couple really good catfish fish fries, mm-hmm. and it's a great time. You have the catfish, you have some cornbread, you have some mac and cheese, some sweet tea. And it's a very Southern thing to do, and it could be a very good time. Okay. I've also gone to all you, you can eat catfish, yeah. and then I hugged a toilet bowl for two straight days. Mm. Yeah, and when and catfish are an ugly fish, right? Mm-hmm. They, they are. They're bottom feeders. They are bottom feeders. Catfish eat soap. Mm. They eat hot dogs. They eat raw bacon. They eat shit. <laughs> they, <laughs> yes. Well, tilapia eats shit, too, and people, you know, give their left arm to, to eat tilapia. Right. You know, oysters are are the, the sea's filter, and I love me some oysters. Right. But we're talking about catfish right, right now. Catfish are ugly, and you know what they do? They have these really thorny yeah. parts of their fins that can stab you, yeah. make you bleed, Mess force you. you to have to get stitches if you don't know how to properly take a hook out of a catfish's mouth. Right. And by the way, it's not the whiskers, ladies and gentlemen. The whiskers do not bite. Mm. It's it's the the pins within the fins Correct. that are full of poison and and, and are needle like. Okay. okay, so catfish in general, it's a garbage fish to fish for. Okay, yeah, it's look, it's a fish, it's edible. Saltwater catfish tastes like garbage, mm-hmm. and freshwater catfish tastes a little bit better. Mm-hmm. 
And catfish is also, by the way, do you know people like in Mississippi doing noodling yeah, is? Yeah, of course, when they stick their hand down to the yes. parts, of parts unknown and come yes. back up. Yes, yes catfish is something that you can fish for with just your arm. Yeah. You use your arm as the rod, the reel, and the bait. Yeah. Okay. We never fish for catfish. Right. But in business. Nice parlay. In business. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're going to talk about today, John. Yep. In business, I find too many times people who are not achieving the sales success that they want, mm -hmm. it's because they're stuck fishing in the catfish pond. Mm. Do you know what I mean by that? I do, but what for our listeners and viewers out there who might not understand, why don't you expound upon that? All right, I'm going to use examples of what that looks like. Okay. Um, and because this is not just a, like, hey, loan officer podcast talking about loan officers again. Right. No, this is loan officer podcast we're talking to business professionals and entrepreneurs and salespeople alike. Mm -hmm. You know, this is everything you should have learned in high school, but didn't because it wasn't taught, right? So we're going to try to educate and motivate and entertain, mm -hmm. maybe inspire if we can. Just a few. Look, if we can do two out of the four, I think we're winning. Winning. We hit three out of the four, we're crushing it. Four right. out of four is a freaking grand slam. Dominating. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So, but I'm going to use some LO analogies. I'm going to use some 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 other um, entrepreneurial analogies. Okay. I'm gonna start with the loan officer one because the one that's the most recent and the most current. Let's go. I was on the phone with two potential loan officer recruits. So in my position at Waterstone Mortgage, one of my roles is actually to interview and encourage people that I think are like-minded, that fit what we do well to come work for us because I think we can support them better in their careers. Correct. So I'll hop on phone calls throughout the weeks and the months and the days where I'm talking to mortgage professionals, some in my local market here in Orlando, some down in Boca, some up in Jacksonville, but then others in North Carolina or Indiana or Ohio or Texas. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to these two ladies who've been in the mortgage industry for 20 plus years, mm -hmm. and they are in North Carolina. And I'm going through their frustrations, right? And, and their frustrations they're trying to tell me are due to their current employer. Okay. And I wasn't really discounting that, that their employer could not have been supporting them better because I think there's always room for improvement. Right. But I felt like a lot of their issues, and I said this to them, I'm like, I think you ladies are just fishing in the wrong pond. Mm. And they're like, huh? I'm like, well, you know, again, if you constantly are going to the same pond with the same bait and the same tackle and you're catching the same type of client, you're fishing in the wrong pond. Right. Right. You guys are using a, a small little Zebco that you picked up from Walmart mm -hmm. and a, a, a piece of soap. And you're catching catfish. But you're complaining to me that all you're catching is catfish. Mm. Well, let's try changing your bait. Let's get away from the hot dogs, the soap, and the, and the uh, raw bacon. Let's get rid of the Zebco. And before we do that, let's go change the pond. Because yeah. maybe your bait is working. Maybe it's just the pond. Mm. That's where I would start with them. Okay. Right? And then we'll work through that. We're like, wait a minute. You're back on talking about fishing. I'm yeah, not, I don't yeah. fish. Let me explain. Okay. These ladies were having an issue they didn't like their loan size. They didn't like the type of properties that they were consistently financing. And they felt like the clientele were very difficult. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, the re referral sources, the realtors and builders who refer them to the business were a little bit abusive or not appreciative to the hard work that they were putting in. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what were they doing? Well, they were, they were working with realtors that were situated in a geographic location that served more of the low to moderate income households. Mm -hmm. Now I'm a huge proponent that we as an industry, 
I'm a mortgage nerd at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. We as an industry need to be serving the underserved. Mm -hmm. We do not need to be turning our backs on it. But it doesn't mean it needs to be 100% of what we do or even 50% of what we do. It could very well be 20 to 25% of what we do. For these ladies, it was 90% of what they did. Okay, so it was low to moderate income and the type of properties. Well, there's certain property types that are easier to finance than others. A single family home is by far the easiest type to, to, to finance. Then you start talking about, well, what if it's a townhome? What if it's a condo? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, townhomes are easier to finance than a single than, than a, a condo, condo, but maybe not as easy to finance as a single family home. And condos are gonna be more difficult and then manufactured homes even more difficult than that. 90% of their business were manufactured homes. So it's a lower sales price. It's typically a, a harder borrower to qualify because for whatever reason, usually it's just lack of education. They haven't been financially educated throughout their, their, their lives. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they're, how they're paid, their hourly versus salary. Like, look, someone who is hourly is harder to qualify than someone who is salary. Right? If you're making $16 an hour or $20 an hour, but your hours are fluctuating and there's overtime, you're going to be a little bit more difficult to qualify than, let's say, the teacher who is guaranteed their $48,000 a year. So their, their clients were, were more difficult, their loan sizes were, were more difficult, their properties were, were more difficult. My solution what to them was you need to start fishing in other ponds. I needed them to get out of the particular zip code or neighborhoods where they were marketing their services and they're gonna need to go and find other areas and usually they're only one or two towns over, mm -hmm. right? I was thinking about, uh, we talk about, um, Travis, right? Travis works with us here at Waterstone Mortgage, and he's a younger loan originator. He just started his second year in the business. Mm -hmm. uh, we picked him up after he had like three or four months experience elsewhere. Right. And um, we've been doing our best to kind of guide him, shape him, train him, mm -hmm. uh, support him mm -hmm. as he survives the first two years. Because one thing I've learned, the first two years for any business, yeah. it's not just the loan officer business. Yeah. It's not just, you know, the realtor business. It's all businesses. Go, go, go start a French cafe, mm -hmm. right? Or a Colombian coffee cafe guarantee is going to take you about two years before you're getting any good in making any money. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to Travis just like three or four days ago. Right. And Travis came to you and said, well, it was just like, Hey man, he was having the same issues as my new friends up in North Carolina were having. Okay. He's like, I'm getting all these leads, but they're just kind of going nowhere. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean going nowhere? He's like, well, you know, I'm getting a lot of people who don't qualify or if they do qualify, it's a price point that really isn't available in the market. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the, the realtors that I'm working with just don't seem to be as professional as I think they should. We're not necessarily like minded. And I'm like, all right, well, talk about where are you mm -hmm. marketing your services? Where are you doing your sales calls? And at the end of the day, the solution was Travis lives and works in the area that he needs to be marketing to. We call it the 3Ds. If you're in Central Florida, you are familiar with Deltona, DeLand, and DeBerry. Mm -hmm. All three cities are in the same county. They're in the same geographic location. I think all three of them touch each other. Mm -hmm. So I said, Travis, continue marketing your services in the 3Ds. Yeah, don't give up. That's a great area to be in. Mm -hmm. I said, but just eight miles or eight minutes away are areas like Heathrow, areas like Aliquot. Areas like the 32771, which is the higher end, newer part of Sanford, Florida. Mm -hmm. I go, you have to drive past all three of those areas, <laughs> to get, neighborhoods, yeah. to get to the office every single day. And those areas have average sales prices of 600 grand or 800 grand. Mm -hmm. 
Those areas tend to have realtors who work with builders who build million dollar homes. That's a little bit of a more affluent area, a little bit more professional area. Mm -hmm. The 3Ds is a great market for first time home buyers. It's a great market for Don and Cindy Owen, those blue collar families Mm -hmm. that, that are looking to raise their kids in a good area. I said, you know, continue marketing to the 3Ds, but you can't just make the 3Ds your end-all be-all. Because if you do, then then what you're going to get is what you're going to get, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the catfish pond, for him, maybe the 3Ds. I'm not saying catfish are bad. I'm not saying we shouldn't fish for catfish. But if all you're getting is catfish and you're tired of eating catfish, yeah. that's when you have to get out of the catfish pond, yeah. right? So, for Travis, the answer was really easy. It was that. Now, along with my recommendation to Travis to to not just solely focus on the 3Ds, but to start looking at Aliqua and Heathrow and the 32771 aspect of Sanford, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, how do you dress? How do you sound? What do you talk about? Right? Because what he can talk about in certain markets is going to be different in other markets. Yeah. You know, if he's going around wearing his Wolf of Wall Street t-shirt or Wolf of Mortgage yeah, t-shirt, yeah. That works in the 3Ds. Yeah, it does. Right? Like, I had one of my favorite professors at UCF, Dr. Morgan, taught me by example. Mm -hmm. You dress for the occasion. You dress for your client. Right? If Dr. Morgan was going out to speak to a bunch of farmers, he was in jeans, boots, and a polo. Mm -hmm. If Dr. Morgan was going to an event with a bunch of politicians, he was in a three-piece suit with his presidential cufflinks on. You know, like, um, so for Travis, it's like, you know, let's, Let's mold or be chameleon-like mm-hmm. and let's start fishing in different ponds and bringing the proper tackle. Right. Right? Like, I don't need a 48-foot boat to go fish for bass. Yeah. I would prefer a 48-foot boat when I'm going out for tuna. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run 40, 60, 80 miles out into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not going to take my little 18-foot John boat out there. Yeah. Right? So, like, like the, those analogies have to correlate to the business world, have to correlate to Travis. Hey, mm-hmm. Travis, by the way, if you're going to go into those Heathrow and Aliqua type neighborhoods and markets, then you know you may want to dress shirt and tie. Right. You may want to come equipped talking about the latest and greatest financial strategies for, for wealth accumulation. Right. You may want to know something about golf. Yeah. You may even want to pick up the sport. Yeah. Right. Maybe the people in the 3Ds that's where you lean into jujitsu mm-hmm. and you lean into electric daisy carnival yeah. and, ED, and, and EDM music, yeah. right? Like, right. and that was the advice that I had to give. So, so many times, and like you can sit back and think about your, your business, mm-hmm. right? If I'm a dentist and I make my money, like my good money, mm-hmm. doing cosmetic, yeah. doing veneers, yeah. doing implants, I have to ask myself, well, what am I doing to market to right. those clients. Maybe maybe my shop shouldn't be in the food court of the mall. Maybe you know. Correct. Yeah. Or or maybe the way that my signage is right. outside. Right. My signage needs to talk to the clientele that I'm trying to bring in. Mm-hmm. Have you, you have my, you, the, the the places I'm spending my money mm-hmm. need to maybe be different. Right. right? Cuz that's like the definition of insanity. Do you know what it is? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Correct. So like if I'm a dentist and I'm running my own dental practice, and I'm looking at my annual P&L every single year and I'm watching my peers out earn me by 20, 30, 40%. And I'm going to the dental conferences and they're telling me what they're doing, right? Whether they're doing teeth whitening, whether they're doing mm-hmm. veneers, whether they're doing implants, and I'm not doing that, or I'm not 
gearing my image to that. I'm not talking to the right insurance providers that maybe per, provide coverage for that. Okay, then I'm fishing a catfish pond. Right. And it's fine fishing a catfish pond if I'm not expecting different results. Yeah. But if I'm saying, raising my hand saying, hey, I don't like these results, then I'm going to have to change ponds yeah. and possibly even change tackle. I may even have to change the gear that I wear. Yeah. Flip-flops and, and board shorts and a tank top may be perfect for fishing for catfish or even bass. Mm -hmm. But again, if I'm going to go offshore, I may have to put on slickers. Yeah. Right? Sure. I may get a little bit wet. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I may need to prepare for, for, for motion sickness. Right. right? These are all things that I'm trying to correlate a simple task of fishing to the business world. I may have to learn to golf. Right. I may have to go spend new money on signage. Yeah. I may need to go take a course on on basic financial principles. Mm -hmm. Like there's certain things that I may have to do. But John, you know this and I know this. Nothing changes. If nothing changes. If nothing changes. Yeah. Right. So the def definition of insanity goes hand in hand with the nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need to change. Mm -hmm. Not just necessarily the pond. Start with the pond, mm -hmm. but then work towards the tackle, the gear, the setup and possibly even what you're wearing mm -hmm. and what you're saying along the way. Have you ever, do you have any examples of someone who was able to kind of course correct? Like anybody you can think of that was like, hey, they were only fishing for catfish, were able to kind of pull themselves out and now they like kind of reinvented themselves and. There's a local realtor. Okay. Check this out. Like I, I like this question. I wasn't even prepared for it. <laughs> uh, there's a local realtor that I don't know well. A good friend of mine who's been on the show, like, like they're besties. Mm -hmm. And I've been following this realtor for the past probably 10 or 12 years. I'm sure as a, as a younger loan originator, I tried to market to her. And, you know, it's, it's a numbers game. And I, I was never able to get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to witness her going from dominating a market that was, I would call it, um, you know, their sales prices were always about 20% lower than the average um, median sales price in, in our local market. Mm -hmm. But she was the queen of that. Right, she was the queen of that. She was she was willing to list mobile homes and and homes that were in in areas that you know were were going to be below the median income and below the median um, sales price. And I ran into her at an event. In fact, you were with me at the event, okay. and I noticed the crowd she was running in. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. I noticed the clothes she was wearing. I noticed that she had gotten her teeth fixed. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then I just got me curious. I went and pulled some of her data. Oh, okay. Pulled the numbers. I, I pulled the numbers and I noticed that her average sales price is 600 grand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I witnessed it. Mm -hmm. And and I can tell you, cause I, I followed this. I mean, I used to market to this particular realtor right. trying to get her to meet with me, trying to get her to, to refer me business. Um, because as a lender, like I, I wanted, I literally have, have been coach and teach. I want to be that lender that does the $60,000 USDA condo. Mm -hmm. And I want to do the lender that is helping the new head coach for Orlando Magic solidify financing for his or her yeah. home in Orlando, right. right? Like I want to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be just the person who does the $60,000 USDA condos. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I was able to just, just watch her. And if I put two and two together, and I know who she hangs out with now. Right. I believe what what she did is she started getting coaching. I'm, I believe her coach started, you know, coaching her. Hey, look, you birds of a feather flock together. You are the company you keep, mm -hmm. right? You're going to attract the people who look like you and sound like you. Mm -hmm. So if you look and sound a different way, 
And that certain way is bringing in a certain clientele and you're tired of only serving that clientele. Again, please hear me out. I'm not saying don't serve that clientele, but that's all. Then maybe you need to step up your game. As you step up your game, birds of a feather flock together, you'll start dragging new people in, right? If you're constantly going to the bar that's filled with smoke that only sells beer, barely sells food, and to play darts and pool. Yeah. It's a good time, but. It's a great time. Yeah. Yep, yeah, but, but you know, you're going to pull clients that like that too. Right. If you want to pull clients that like to put their pinky in the air and drink champagne, you should go to those bars as well. Yeah. But you should also be able to speak their language. Mm -hmm. You should also be able to emulate or mirror how they're dressed, mm -hmm. the things that they're into, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, when I say quickly to somebody, hey, get out of the catfish pond. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say is make a change. Make a change. Good buddy of mine. Good bu buddy of mine reached out to me, totally different industry. Um, and I, I'll hop on a call with him probably four times a year, okay. four times a year. And I'll have to ask him, I'm like, Hey, is this like just me and you catching up or are you calling? He's like, nah, man, I need a kick in the ass. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, cool. Right. I love giving them. Yeah. Like I'm, in fact, my wife and some of my best friends have told me I give them uh, unprovoked yeah, and people don't like that. It. I didn't ask for it, man. You're I, kicking me. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't want unsolicited advice to you. Like, you know, turn it off, <laughs> right. turn it off. Just be my friend. Right. Just be my husband. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. I need that sometimes. And, uh, but he, he'll call me. And now that I'm more cognizant of giving unsolicited advice, I now ask, Hey, yeah. look, what do you, he's like, no, I need it. Okay. And he's like, man, I keep on reaching out to so-and-so. It's another friend of ours. And like, I've always relied on her to do X, Y, and Z for me. And she's just not coming through anymore. I'm like, well, I call someone else. I don't have anyone else. What do you mean? I don't. He's like, I just keep calling her. And I'm like, look, man, you gotta get out of the catfish pond. Like at some point, and I asked him, I said, when was the last time you actually got a, a, a deal, a transaction, a job from her? It's been like two years. Bro. I'm like, this is all you're doing? Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah. He's like, this, I said, you are literally the definition of insanity who is who is fishing in the catfish pond. And your catfish pond dried up. And you're still there casting it. It'll, what, it what it dried up. You ate them all. <laughs> you ate all the catfish. Like, not only this person only bring you catfish, but then you ate them all. Yeah. And you never learned to become a better fisherman. Right. You never went and tested out. Well, should I use fly? Should I be in a river? Right? Should I get a different should I get off the zipco and do this? I mean, right. bait caster, who knows what? Right. Yes. And it applies to just about everything. Like is it is it ever too late for um, a loan officer or someone in sales to like kind of pivot? Let's say someone's been doing this for like fifty years. This is all I know to you. How am I gonna change? It's never it? too late. I mean, it's you just have to understand that. I keep on using like these trite phrases. The same Dr. Morgan mm -hmm. that I always like look up to because mm -hmm. of how he dressed. Homeboy used to write all over. I took his writing for public relations course. Okay. It's probably my junior, senior year in, in college. And trite, trite, trite. I speak in trite. I write in trite. And he wasn't a fan of trite. Like, trite is basically like, hey, it's unoriginal. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm going to use it right now as a whole like birds of a feather fly together. Mm -hmm. um, but. The nothing changes, nothing changes. No pain, no gain, right? No pain, no gain. It's change is painful. Change is awkward. Change is confusing. Change brings anxiety. Like you have to be able to embrace that, but I don't think you're, it's ever too late to change. Now, I will say as people get older, do you have the energy to change? Change takes a certain amount of gusto, right? Like we said earlier on the show, and I preach it incessantly, it takes two years. I don't care what it is. It takes two years. Mm -hmm. You want to go run and compete in an Ironman? 
two years. It's going to take you two years. Like, think about what it takes to lead up to that. Well, I first probably need to learn to run, swim, and bike well. Then I probably should do some sprints. Then I should do some Olympics. I should probably go run a marathon mm-hmm. at some point think, yeah. because the end of an Ironman is running a marathon. Shit. Okay. Yeah. I probably should do a 150-mile bike ride mm-hmm. so I understand what that feels like. And I should probably compete in at least one, if not two, half Ironmans, mm-hmm. where at least I do half the distance. That's typically a two-year process if you're raising your hand saying, I'm going to do this today. So it takes two years. Whatever change someone's getting ready to make, let's say you're a loan officer and you've never really worked with home builders. Mm-hmm. And you decided, you know what? I'm going to work with home builders. I'm going to make this a part of my business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, John, it's going to take you two years. Two years. Can you be persistently consistent for the next 24 months with your sales activity? Can you consistently pick six subdivisions where you stop by at least once every other week to say hi and ask those sales representatives what you can do to help them sell more homes? Mm. Look, the first time you go in there, they may shoot you away. The second time, they may shoot you away. The third time, they may drop an F on until you get out. Yep. By the fourth time, they're like, "All right, what do you?" You need to figure out a way to 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 make nice. Whether it's bringing coffee and donuts, whether it's calling ahead, Mm -hmm. whether it's asking them, "Hey, is there a better day?" I keep coming on Thursday, and you guys keep, you know, like shooing me away. And you may find out, yeah, Thursday's the 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 day they have their sales meeting, and their sales managers are prick, and they get chewed out every Thursday morning. And I just so happen to come ready. Hey, you want some? Get out. Yes. But yeah, you have to be persistently consistent with those activities. So your question, I think, was, if I get back to it, is you're ever too old? No, you're never too old if you truly want it. But you got to truly want it. No one else can want it for you. But, you know, staying in the catfish pond, doing nothing is never a good answer. Right. Like, or a good solution. Very rarely in life. Like, I always like to say, if someone's angry, mm-hmm. look, doing nothing may be yep. the best decision. Put down the phone. If you've been drinking, don't send that text. Doing nothing is probably yes. the best thing that you can do. Right. But in life, if you don't like where you are, doing nothing's not a good solution. Correct. Like, hey, I had this growth on my nose. It's kind of gross. Just keep it moving. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna do nothing. And then guess what? Two years later, a dermatologist is cutting into your nose, and now you have a big chunk of your nose taken out because you did nothing. I probably should have done something. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm kind of unhappy in my my life and my marriage. Mm. Oh, I know. Let's do nothing. You know, keep coasting. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of afraid I'm drinking too much. Pound another beer. Yeah, do nothing. No, that's never a good answer. It's never a good solution. At least I haven't found it to be. No, you know what? If you think you're drinking too much, go talk to somebody. Right, go talk to somebody about it. Right, if you don't like your where you are in your life, go find a life coach. Right, or talk to a confidant. Right, you don't like where your marriage, sit down with your spouse. Maybe look at into marriage counseling or doing some kind of a weekend retreat or go read a book together that mm-hmm. that could help coach you mm-hmm. through maybe understanding where your difficulty lies. Mm-hmm. Business operates the same exact way. Like doing nothing, it'll continue giving you the same result that you're unhappy with. Yep. Yeah, get out of that catfish pond. Go fish for something else, but understand change doesn't necessarily come without a little bit of pain and a whole lot of effort, and you're going to have to make up your mind that it's going to take two years. I was talking to a younger professional a couple of days ago, and I was using running a marathon because 
so much of this industry, the mortgage industry, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And if I made my mind up that I was going to complete a marathon, that's my goal is completing it. I don't need to come in first. I don't need to come in first. If I complete a marathon, I'm already so far ahead of so many other people who never have. Right. Right now, compared to marathon runners, I may be the worst. Yeah. But compared to the my peers or the American populace, I've still done something that so few have ever accomplished. So in the very beginning of my business, I just want to complete it. Now I may get to it to where like a, Hey, I want to do another one so I can do it better. I want to do a third one so I can actually compete. Mm -hmm. But the first step is just to finish one. So that means if I get to mile 19, by the way, a marathon is 26.2 miles. If I get to mile 19 and I'm absolutely done, mentally done, I'm not going to give up. I may have to sit down, stretch out, may have to do about five minutes of uh, meditation, may have to do some deep breathing, and I may need to walk for a mile, but I'm going to get there because I set my mind to it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have setbacks. I may trip. I may fall. I may skin up my my elbow. I may need to go get medical attention for the elbow. As long as my elbow is not broken, I'm going to finish. Even if my elbow was broken, depending on the amount of pain I'm in, I'm still going to finish. Like That's life. That's business. That's sports. You know, that, that that is sports. Not every practice is going to be a great practice, right? Not, not every practice are you going to enjoy. Not every game is going to go your way. But if you've set a goal and you set your mind to it, you should stick with it. Now, if you don't like the results that you're getting and, and all those varies, you may have to consider changing up your training methods. You may have to go, need, go find a new coach, right? There's certain things where it's like, hey, you need to make a change. Mm-hmm. Most times that change is, is internal. It's For the sure. man in the mirror. Shout out to Michael Jackson. Word. One of my favorite songs ever, by the way, is the man in the mirror. That is. You know, like nine times out of 10, I find it is the man or the woman in the mirror. Yep. Like that too can make a change, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not about your employer. It's not about your coach. It's not about your spouse. It's usually about you, but the hardest person to blame, the hardest person to have a heart to heart with is yourself. Right? Because it's uncomfortable. Right? Because we have pride. Pride's bull- baloney. Yeah. Pride's baloney. That's profound. I feel like you should be. That's all I have for today. DL signing off. You know what? I'll do that, John. That was good. That was yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Like, th- this was an episode on catfish. Sure. This was an episode geared towards all of my friends who are entrepreneurs, who are in sales, who are in business. Like, when you're looking at your lead generating activities and your marketing activities, when you are assessing your results, you're coming to year end, right? 20, we're in fourth quarter, 2021. We're getting ready to enter 2022. And you're setting your goals and you're looking back on the year that was and you're determining how successful you were or were not. As you look forward, which is the only way we should be looking, as we look forward, you have to ask yourself, do you need to be fishing in new ponds? Are you happy with the results that that you are receiving? Or do you need to make a couple changes to your approach in order to elicit a different result? Well said. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. You have tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. We look forward to catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, or Google anywhere, Play, or anywhere, anywhere where you can find a podcast. Hey, we're also on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. He's John Coleman. Google him. I'm Dustin Owen. Hook up with me on LinkedIn if we have not done so already. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Deuces.